0: battle of containment uh to, to hold you back is probably the greatest fight of faith that you'll ever have to fight uh, the, the enemy you know, even if you get faith he wants to try to restrain that hold that faith back if you get a word he wants to restrain that word hold that word back um he can't he can't control what comes to you so he tries to control what you do with it once it comes to you and that's what he does so it, it is a battle it's probably the greatest greatest battle of, of faith that you ever had to fight um, but it's a fight that you can, you, can, you can win. The devil cannot stop you, so he tries to attack your promise. How many of those have we got promises? See, so say, well, I don't have a promise. Well, read the promise book. It's called the Bible. It's full of promises. Everything in it is a promise of God. Uh, one thing about a promise, uh, once you receive a promise, that which didn't exist, now exists. That's the good thing about a promise. Once he speaks it, there was no existing in it, so you got to hang on to it. It now exists. If it came out of God's mouth, it, it exists. And it's what faith is. God doesn't, God doesn't have faith. God just speaks it, it becomes it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. God doesn't hope for anything. He speaks it, it becomes it. So every word he has over your life, it becomes it. And it comes in you. And then then the enemy, he begins to he begins to attack it, he begins to come against it with everything that he possibly has. Um, I'm kind of staying in First Samuel. Jordan kind of opened it up a couple weeks ago, and then last week I was kind of in and out of it a little bit. Um, kind of going to be in and out of it a little bit again today. Uh, so I'm in First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, um, because I think that if the enemy is going to attack us in any certain way, a- attack uh, uh, our, our promises, our destiny, try to restrain us, then we we, we want to know it. We don't want to. We don't. We want to be aware. We want to be aware. The Bible said, "Be sober. be be, be vigilant." For we have an adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, so you may devour. So we don't, we just, we just kind of be, we be alert to these things. So, so give you some things here that's going to help you. 1 Samuel 16 and 7. Talk about, talk about um, uh, David here. And, and this is after Saul has been rejected as king. And now Samuel is coming to anoint a new king. He goes to Jesse. God told him to go to Jesse. And Jesse has several brothers, several sons. He lines them all up. We know the whole story. David wasn't even, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't even invited to the party. He wasn't invited to the party at all. And so if he wasn't invited to the party, He wasn't a possibility of him being picked. But how you many know that it doesn't matter what man says, it matters what God says. And he was born to be king. And that's what he was, that's what he was equipped for. Talk about last week that, that reason why he got in trouble with Bathsheba because he wasn't, he wasn't in a battle. He was in a battle that he wasn't equipped for and uh that's just because he went outside the the realm of his spirit began to do what flesh wanted to do but but regardless what battle you win if it's a battle that god has put you in it's a battle that god has equipped you in and any battle for your destiny any battle for your promise is a battle that god has placed you in and if god has placed you in that and god has given you every bit of equipment every bit of every gift that you need to overcome the enemy so here is whether people sit or not. So here in 1 Samuel 16 to 7, the Bible says, But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical statue, because I refused I refuse Eliab. He's the one that, that Samuel thought it must be him. He's the big, broad shoulders, big old two-fisted looking, looking looking gentleman here. God said, That's not the one. For the Lord does not see a man sees. God doesn't see as man sees. For man does not look on the outward appearance, but God looks upon the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance, God looks upon the heart. And so how many are thankful that God doesn't look on the outside, looks on the inside? No matter what we've been through, no matter what's going on, God has done a place that upon us. So, so we see here, the first thing we see here that David had to deal with is that there was inferiority. How, how many know there's people that will, that will tell you you're, you're, in, it's, you're inferior to receiving what it is that God has, has for you to have? You don't line up. You don't. You don't stack up. And these these are these are these are people all around him. And these are these these are people that, that are supposed to be there. And and if you're not careful, that that people who don't like your stuff and people don't pat you on the back and people don't give you an Attaboy, uh, if you don't know who you are, then insecurity will come in. And if God be, and if and, and the enemy can start attacking you with insecurity, then he'll start restricting you. He'll start start concealing you one thing about the devil he has he has a lot of boxes and he might we think we are free because he took us out of eight by eight box and put us in a 12 by 12 box and we think we're free the problem is you're still in a box and you don't care how much you jump and spin and, and shout and act like everything is good he still got you in the box what god wants us to do you'll never receive your promises in the box you got to break free and 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 if you're and if you only and if you only uh you're only going by what other people say and what other people do then then you're always going to be on a roller coaster ride of being secure one day and being insecure the next because people will like you one day and not even speak to you the next mm-hmm. I mean they'll they they like all your stuff on social media next thing you know they they defriended you it was unfriended no friend what is it unfriend it was unfriend <laughs> not your friend Wait, you're not my friend anybody know you were my friend how can you unfriend me if you weren't ever my friend but anyway, that's social media for you. But anyway, you've got to be able to take that kind of stuff. I told you last week that, that the enemy, one thing he does when Jesus, when he came out in and, and, and Matthew 3, he had a good day because he was baptized in the River Jordan. Heavens opened up and there's a voice from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I will please." I mean, that's a good day. When heavens opens up, it just reminds us who we are. And then he left from that day in chapter 3 and chapter 4. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then the devil came against him. And the devil came against him. We think the first temptation was turn these stones into bread after he hasn't eaten for 40 days. But the first temptation was the fact that he says, if you're the son of God, do it. If you're the son of God, do it. And that's the one thing that the enemy tries to restrict you on is that I know what you look like. I know I know what you look like on the on the outside. I, I know the problems you've had. I know the struggles you've had. I know every time that you thought you had it, you and you used to go to church like you're going right now, but you didn't stick with it. And and I know you thought that relationship was going to work, but it didn't. And so the enemy always judges you from the outside. But I mean does God always judge you from the inside. And you better rest assured that you know who you are. You know who God says you are. I told you last week as well, just a little repetition from last week, is that he went there There's two Adams, was the first Adam in Genesis, and whenever, whenever God told him you can eat of every tree of the garden except for this one, and then, and then whenever, whenever Eve started telling, telling the enemy that, that we can have every tree uh, of the garden, but that one, because he said don't touch it, and then the enemy says what? That ain't, that ain't what he said. That ain't what he said. How many know the enemy will try to restrict you by telling you that's not what God said? Now, that's exactly what God said. Then we find him here on, a, on another 4,000 years later with another, with another, with the second Adam to, to, try, to come in here and reverse everything the first Adam does. And then he tries to come against what God meant. That's not what God meant. Now, that's exactly what it means. How many knows that God says what he means and he means what he says? The enemy says that's not what God meant when he says you're a child of God. Now, I'm here to tell you that's exactly what God meant. You're a child of God. You don't, you're in fear. You can't be a child of God. You did. You did too much dope. You did. You did too much alcohol. You did. You did too much too many funky chickens. You did too many disco ducks. You did too many. I mean, you went too many places and stayed too long. There, there's too much mess in your. There's just too much mess underneath your underneath your hood. There, there's just too much going on. Amen. I you know that God doesn't look on the outside, he looks on the inside. Amen. And, and and 50 years of mess up can be completely restored by five minutes of obedience, and God is completely restoring everything you had. And say, so You are a child of God. And so we have to make sure that we're secure in who we are so we don't become insecure. The next thing we notice here that, and, and uh, I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter number 17, and, and uh, 17 this time. And so go to the next chapter and verse number 26. And ver- well, let's go to verse 25. I, I did it again. I want to go 25, so 26. And the Bible says, because this right here, we got, these are placed just by regular people that people might know you, but these are people who are the closest to you. This is his brother's. This is his brothers. And the, and the Bible says here, so that the men of Israel said, this oh, is, this is now that, 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 that David comes up and, and, and his father told him to go bring, you know, the food up to, to, to his brothers who's up there at the front line fighting. David is a the, is the shepherd boy, and he goes up there to bring the food. And when he goes up there, he sees this giant just completely just talking all kinds of junk. And, and and this is kind of this is where we pick up at it, and 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 verse twenty-five, chapter number seventeen of 1 Samuel. So the men of Israel said, "Have you seen this man who has come up to my Goliath? Surely he has come up to defile Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king would enrich enrich him with great riches. I mean, how I many know that's money? You'll get money. How I many know that cash is king? I mean, this this is money." You you you'll get you get riches you get money, we would give him his daughter. he I mean, you knows you get money and you get the girl. Now it's now it's got David's really attention, and your entire household would be exempt for tax, taxes. Verse twenty six. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, "What shall be done for the man who kills his Philistines and takes away the reproach from Israel?" I mean, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe that you get money you get girl and you don't have to pay any taxes. <laughs> what do you want me to do again? I mean, that's, that's, that's what he's, I mean, he's just completely lost his mind. What do you mean? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defile the armies of the living God? Are you kidding me? We get all this. All we got to do is take this joker out. And he, and then his brother, Iliad, calm down, little man. Hold it a second. Whoa there, buddy. And this is this is what he does. Because see, you have to you have to not only overcome the inferiority placed on in you by other people, but you gotta to learn to to overcome the restrictions placed on you by the people that know you the best. Restrictions. Calm down, girl. I know you've been to church. I know you, I know you're serving and y'all in this God thing right now, but calm down. You know, pull in the rings a little bit. I know you got your kids, you're watching what they watch and what they listen to, and where they go, and all that stuff, but calm down a little bit. You're not who you think you are now. You're not one of them. You're not one of them Bible people. Just calm down a little bit. And Eliab, his oldest brother, in verse 28, heard when he spoke, heard heard when david spoke to the man and Eliab's anger was aroused against david and it says why do you come down here and with whom have you left those few don't just pick just talk about few those few little sheep those few little this, this nappy looking sheep you got over there in the wilderness i know your pride and and you're rude and of your heart well, you've come down you just come down to see a battle you come to do nothing david you just come down and see the battle and so here you see that he's 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 he's, re, he's restricted and 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 his, and his brother's trying to hold him back trying to trying to tell him he's he's not who he's supposed to be but 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 what's really got him is the fact that it's, it's, it's his zeal it's his zeal he comes down and he says he says, what, what, "What do we get again by by, by taking this loud mouth giant out? What do we get again? We get the money, we get the girl. I don't have to pay no taxes. I mean, he's zealous, and I'll be honest with you, it's not." It's, it's, it's not the money, it's not the girls, it's not the taxes that's got him up there. It's what really, what really stirred him up is that not the fact that the giant was talking smack to, to, the, to the men and, and, and the battle guys, he was talking smack about God. He said, who is this that's defiling our God? And, and the zeal, he's got, to, he's got to be put in his place. And you know, sometimes the enemy has to be put in his place. That's called rebuking the devil. How many has ever rebuked the devil? How many knows how to rebuke the devil? Well, the word rebuke means to stop. Means to stop. Oh, I thought it meant to scream, holler, and and run around the church and and, and wave your Bible like this. No, it just means to say stop. It means that when the enemy's coming against your family, you stand right in the middle of him, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, and you say, Stop it, devil, that's enough. Come on, somebody coming against your marriage and and you and you're struggling you're trying to you're trying to figure out what's wrong with him and he's trying to figure out what's wrong with you then finally you realize that that the battle that is not you're not wrestling against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities and spiritual weakness rules of darkness and then finally you realize that wait a minute you can't cast out flesh but you sure cast out a spirit and you say you know what devil you spirit of divorce i bind you right now in Jesus name and i command you to stop it in Jesus name yeah. hallelujah and you zeal, you know what? Your Christian brothers and sisters don't like it when you are act that way. And so they begin to restrict you. You need to calm down. Little person. <laughs> you a religious person. Don't act like that. And the reason why they want to calm you down is because you're making them look bad. Because they don't realize they think it's they, they think it's they think it's flesh and blood, but it's not. It's a spirit behind it. It's a spirit that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. It's a spirit that comes to divide and conquer and separate. But you realize that, that God says that I come, that I come to bring peace. And you realize there's not peace in a, I mean, you can you can't have, you can't have victory over battles you don't have peace in. But whenever you have peace in a battle, then you realize that peace is your perfect umpire. And every bit of chaos that is in your family, every bit of chaos that's in your finances, every bit of chaos that is in your marriage or whatever's going on in your life, you have the power by Almighty God that's on the inside of you to, to, to use your to use your tongue where the power of life and death resides and you can holler out that not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of Almighty God, I rebuke you, Satan, and I command you now to stop it right now. You will not have my son. You will not have my daughter you will not have my marriage you will not have my body you will not have my mind you will not have my joy you will not have my peace i'm going to serve god with all my heart soul mind and strength you go back to praising god the enemy's trying to restrict you from that because you got zeal and you're zealous for the things of god That word, that word zeal, I got in that so much yesterday. I began to, I began to, I just looked at the dictionary and and it means great energy and enthusiasm. Don't you love when you just come to church, you just want to sit down and just just see if we got a song for you and just see if God's got a word for you and he sits you right beside uh, a Christian that has zeal. They have great energy. Come on, every single time. I was going to come, I'm going to sit brother here. I'm just gonna sit right over here. I'm gonna sit right over here. And here comes Sister Gertrude. Flops her four-pound King James Version Bible right now beside you. You're like, oh, I'm in trouble now. And she has great zeal. She has great enthusiasm. She 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 has great energy concerning the things of God. And you thought you felt like crap when you came in here, and now you really feel bad. And you're not asking for God to lift you up. You're just asking God to shut her up. God, I don't want you to give me a praise. I just want you to stifle this, this woman right now. Why? Because she makes you make feel bad. Well, that's what David, that's what a, that's what a, that's what a, that's what a zealous Christian does. That's what a, an enthusiastic, that's, that's what an energized Christian does that realize, and that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to restrict you and begin to realize that, boy, if I can get you to calm down, because a, a zealous person is in pursuit of a cause and of an objective. Hey you many knows that whenever we come to church or whenever you pray, whenever you read your Bible, you do it with zeal. You do it with energy. You do it, you do it with enthusiasm. You do it with a cause. You do it with an objective. Whenever you got a fever brow of your child, you begin to open up the book and you say, I know somewhere I'm zealous for his word because I know somewhere there's a word in here that says he has already sent his word and healed him today. And I bind that infection right now. And by his stripes, we are healed. He, 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 he has given us everything we need to receive prosperity, to receive help, and receive salvation in our life. And we become zealous over those things and become enthusiastic over these things and have great energy of these things you're going after it with an objective and you won't let go until you receive it what the world do you do with a Christian like that and that's what David was I'm not leaving from this mountain until this giant's head is removed from his shoulders oh come on somebody no you got to calm down Christian you got to calm down you little religious man and now not only come on now not only is he zealous and now he's, he's pulling his finger at the enemy and says, You will not go any farther. And now he wants his reward. See, you know, you know Christians who have zeal for the Lord. How do you know they got zeal for the Lord? Because they're after the reward. Oh, I know, man, that religious cow is moving in you right now. He just still calls me to love Jesus. <laughs> Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But you've got to come to him and believe that he is. He is what? A rewarder. If you have faith in him, he's going to reward you. If you praise him, he's going to reward you. If you worship him, come on church, he's going to reward you. Or you can sit there like he can't do nothing, never done anything, and won't do anything. Oh! you can put on your
1: zealous coat and say, I'm going to be enthusiastic. I'm going to praise him with all my heart, soul, might, and strength. I will worship him from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. His name shall be praised because he is a rewarder. Right?
0: I mean, you come to church not expecting nothing. And God puts you beside or behind, I like this one, behind an entire row that expect every answer of their prayer to be answered today. Expect every song is a confirmation. Expect every word is a confirmation. Expect God has set them up to receive something great because God is a rewarder to those who diligently seek after him. That's why we're zealous that's why we praise that's why we worship that's why we don't let the devil just say what he wants to say and do what he wants to do and have what he wants to have because we are enthusiastic and we have an objective
1: and that it is generous for God to be glorified and his enemies be scattered
0: Here <laughs> to stir y'all up today. Amen. Just calm down, that zealous church down there. That enthusiastic church that has an objective. We're not here just because it's Sunday at eleven forty-nine. You know how much we could be doing on a, on a day like today. But He's a rewarder, and zealous people. It's not just because it's not just because you're singing loud and because you're clapping and you know it's because you expect something from God. Oh, that's that zealous person. You might not have the loudest shout. You might not have the biggest praise. You might not worse like everybody else, but you expect them something. You came expecting. You came looking, and you knew what was going to happen. And David says, what's going to happen with the person that stands up against this? Amen? So he does that. So we have to watch what people try to try to put us in the bus. First Samuel chapter 17. This is what they got to know him. Verse 38, we know this one. So now David's going to go out there. So now the word gets back to Saul and says, hey, hey, Saul, this boy says I'm going to fight the giant. So the Bible says in verse 38, so, so Saul clothed David with his armor and put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David fastened his sword. It wasn't his sword. It was, it was Saul's sword to his armor. And he tried to walk. For he said, I haven't even tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these for I have not tested them so David took them off the enemy would try to restrict you whenever he tries to get you to do what other people say do I mean it looks right I mean it looks like if you gonna go against a ten-foot tall giant and you're like 5'8 you might want to use his equipment the equipment of somebody that looks like they can do something. But how many know David says, I haven't tested that. See, sometimes people are people will tell you, and they might mean well, but the enemy we how many knows those how that the enemy uses people? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers, which is which is angels, principalities which is angels, spiritual wickedness, which is which is angels, and rulers of darkness of this world. Oh. What just happened? It means people are being affected by these fallen angels. And people can mean well, but they're being used by demonic spirits. Here, don't pray that way. Do it this way. Don't go to that church. Go to this church. You don't have to be so dogmatic. You don't have to be so zealous. You don't have to expect something from God every time you pray and seek his face. You just don't have to. How many know that that method hasn't been tested with David? But David says, I got to use the method that has been working. How many knows that what got you here is going to keep you here? And preparation is everything. Preparation is never a waste of time. It's the time of preparation where God tests us and develops us to get us where we need to go. It's preparation. It's the preparation that got you ready. That if it wasn't for your praise, you wouldn't be here this morning. If it wasn't for you knowing how to worship God through every situation and everything come against you, you wouldn't even know how to even lift hold a Bible, let alone read it and believe the thing. Come on, all of us weren't born saved. Some of us had to struggle, some of us has to fight. Come on, some of us still struggle, and some of us still fight. And I'm here to tell you, I can't help, I can't use what got you here, but I sure can use what got me here. And this praising God, regardless of the situation, and worshiping him, regardless what comes up against me, and believing on my
1: testimony that I know I've been through hell and back. But look at me now. I'm standing here with my shoulder square and my chin set, and God is not done with me yet. And the best is yet to come because I have a promise and I have a destiny for God quit wanting what else got
0: and using what they got and look back and reach in your past and say this is what got me here this is what has prepared me and this is what I'll use we always look at something else my God man if it wasn't for God and the things of God you wouldn't be here right now you would have already lost your mind That abortion would have already took you under. That divorce would have already made you so depressed you can't hold your head up. That alcoholic mentality that you had or that that addiction that you had would have stopped you in your tracks, but somebody got a word on the inside of you and you wouldn't give up. And I'm here to tell you, God prepared you for a reason and that's what you use is what got you here. Huh? Don't come to church clean and like you've never done nothing. He took us out of the Mary muck of clay, and He put our feet on a solid rock of sand. And you didn't get there just by singing Kumayya. You got there because you had to lay, you had to lay your face upon the upon the upon the, the feet of Jesus's cross, and say, God, I don't need everything, but I just need one drop, God. If You can give me one drop, God, I know I don't need You to save me from everything. But I need You to save me from this, God. And He don't just save me from that. He completely. What shall wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And, and
1: he puts a song in your heart. He puts a gleam in your eye. He puts a skip in your step. Huh?
0: I just can't do church like other people do church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason why you're here there's a reason why that God has placed you where don't think for a second the devil didn't try everything he can to derail you and and completely just think you in, in, in fear, but God has ordered your step. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by you. You wouldn't go this way, but God said, no, how about going that way? And you didn't know you were even obeying, but God disguised it to the point that it got you right where you are right now to hear this word that lets you know that God's not done with you and what God has used to get you here is what God's going to keep you here. And that's what David did. That's what David did. He just showed up. Amen? He just showed up with his rag and his little rock because David was a shepherd on the outside, but on the inside, he was a king. Know you look on the, inside, on the mirror on the outside, you say, man, what have you done now? You just struggle and you You get two steps ahead, you fall three steps back. But you know what? The push comes. The push comes from the inside. See, the enemy works from the outside in. God works from the inside out. Huh? You know there's, boy. You know an airplane? It takes off 5,000 feet, 10,000 feet, 20,000 feet. Without you knowing it, the more altitude you go, the more pressure inside that cabin is, is released. You want to know why? Because the higher you go, the thicker the pressure is on the outside. But God is good. The engineers in airplanes are good. Because they've engineered it that no matter what the pressure is on the outside, that plane which should implode won't because the pressure on the inside I'm about to run is greater and always greater than the pressure on the outside and the enemy is always trying to get you to stop elevating. elevated you're now at 11,000 feet yeah, you know, 12, well, the pressure, I mean, if you really heard it, they'd be saying, all right, we're at 10,000 feet. When we get to 15, the pressure's going to be immense. It's going to be greater than we've ever seen before. You're going to be like, get it down, get it down,
1: get it down. Go by the 10, go by the
0: 10, go to 5. But well, if you really said, we're going to 30,000 30, feet. We're going to be cruising there for a while. But I got good news for you. The pressure inside this cabin is going to intensify so that no matter what attitude we go and no matter what pressure comes our way, we will not implode. The reason why most of us implode is because we forget that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and he is coming after me. But you get a
1: zealous Christian, you get somebody that's on fire for God and realize that no matter how far God takes me, no matter how high no matter how my vision is, no matter now how deep, we just sung about it, no matter how deep, no matter how wide His presence is, the internal pressure is always greater than the outside force that tries to come against you. My God! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! That's why we're zealous. That's why we're fanatic. That's why we're enthusiastic to receive
0: something for God it's my promise it's my promise
1: it's my promise if he's given me a promise he's giving me the equipment to defend that promise to hold on to that promise to tarry
0: oh that word keeps coming up today to tarry the word tarry means to wait until isn't it amazing i Pentecostal boy other than John three sixteen, I probably have heard Acts 1 and 8 more than anything tarry into Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father and I'm going down the road this morning and just spoken in my spirit Sometimes you just got to tarry. That word tarry means wait. This is how I think. I'm just, you know, I guess trying to theologically understand the words because I can't just read the Bible. I have to read it. It just hit me. Sometimes you got to wait. Wait in Jerusalem until. You got to marry those two words. A zealous person waits until not wait for a week or two. If it don't happen, we give up and go back. Quit going to church. Quit giving God glory. Quit praising worship. Start listening to what we were listening to. Start believing what we were. Start hanging out where we said we'd never hang out before. Because we waited, He didn't show up. Anybody said, he said, wait until. I'm here to tell somebody this morning, wait until. Wait until the promise shows up. I said, wait until the promise shows up. You can't just be some religious vessel just, just showing up because you want God to do something. Uh, you gotta be that
1: zealous, you gotta be that zealous, enthusiastic, believing that there is a gift coming your way because he's a rewarder to those that diligently wait for him. He'll do it.
0: Oh I got the band up here, I got people out there, and I'm halfway through. Well, I like this crowd. First crowd was like, all right, boss, a little early. I love my first service, but they're like,
1: Ah, oh, no, boss, I ain't had my bacon and eggs yet. So you gotta
0: chill out for a second. See, Pharaoh was was afraid of the future of the Israelites. You know that? You know who Pharaoh was? He was the one that was over all the all the Israelites. Why did he keep them so suppressed? Making sure that they were slaves. Making sure that all they did was make brick and mortar for their great buildings. Because he knew if they ever figured out who they really were. That you're really not a slave to your past. You're really not who the enemy says you are. You're not... Who all those friends that you did, you know, all those years ago and and for some reason or another you use your memory. You know, your mind has your mind has has two functions. It has a it has a it has a memory. Put it this way, for all those that remember did it, I talked this several years ago. You remember the old cassette tape players? Well the old people in here, we're alright, right? Good old. Not old, old, but we're good old. Not old. You know what I mean? Older. 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 Older people. Because we remember the cassette player. Remember the one? Like a box? How we re- 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 rewind and a fast forward? You put your cassette tape in. If you don't know what a cassette tape is, I'm just, just think of something else right now. I mean, everybody knows what a cassette tape is. Put that babble there, and you can either rewind it, or you can fast forward it. And your mind has two functions. And sometimes the devil sits there, he says, okay, you're doing good right now. Rewind. Play. He starts rewinding all that junk you used to do and all that. This is the reason why, right here, you can't have everything that God says you can have. You can't be have everything are supposed to be. You need to hit stop, then hit fast forward. <laughs> Bypass where you are right now and go, about, go a little bit into the future and say, No, this right here is the reason why I can
1: have everything I have right on there. Because despite my failures and despite my shortcomings, God's got a plan for me. And by His grace, Say, I am forgiven. Your mind has two functions. Not just a reverse, it also has a forward. Pharaoh knew it.
0: He knew it. <laughs> Here's my favorite part. I ain't got to it yet reason why David was, David was so zealous he couldn't use Saul's stuff because he hadn't tested it even though his stuff looked unlikely like it was going to work I mean here's a sword here's a shield here's a breastplate and over here is a rag with a rock in it and God said don't use that use this how well, do you know God says? Because David constantly, all throughout scripture, always inquired of the Lord. You know the problem with the church of 2022? The problem is not with a crazy world that's completely chaotic and lost their mind. The problem is because they don't know how to seek the Lord because they're not saved. But the church is. And we don't inquire of the Lord anymore. The word, the, the word inquire means to be inquisitive, to seek information. And before David went any battle, if you, if you go through in history and see every battle that David was involved in, he never lost one. You want to know why? Because before any battle that David fought in, he inquired the Lord. What in the world would happen if you woke up every day and looked at your teenager that you have no idea what to do with? You go in there and slam the door and say, God, what I do with her? What I do with him? I need information. Look at that husband, look at that wife who you can't get in the line up and fly straight. And you begin to inquire of the Lord. You're in the biggest battle of your life because the enemy's coming up your mind, your will, and your emotion. And you don't know what to do, but you're a Christian
1: like David that knows how to inquire of the Lord. And to inquire is to ask for information. And to ask for information is to mean you gotta listen for an answer.
0: We don't mind asking God for something. It's a whole thing of listening to what He's got to say. And it's not that we don't hear what He says, we just don't like what He says. No, God, that ain't the answer I wanted. Let me ask you again. It's the same answer. I'm gonna ask you one more again. No, it's still the same answer. Okay, I'm gonna do what I want to you because your answer looks unlikely. You know it's gonna let me help you. You you know. You know, you know it's God's answer and it's His right answer when it looks like His way is unlikely to happen. Matter of fact, it looks like the His way is no match for the battle that you're in. And that's the reason why so many times we throw in the towel and instead of using God's way, we go back to our way. But we still blame God because we're not winning. Even though as soon as we left God's way and went in our way, we completely Completely, just, just, just settled our defeat. David's sitting there. I know he inquired the Lord before he went and stood before that giant because he heard when, when he put on that, when he put on that armor, God says, don't wear that armor. Use what I've given you. Use what's been tested. Use what's been tried. It looks unlikely like you can't kill a giant with a rag and a rock, but I'm here to tell you you can do it. Because of God's in it, he'll use the most unlikely of circumstances and he'll turn your world completely upside down. I'm here to tell somebody, quit looking for the obvious and start looking for God. And God, he moves in mysterious ways. We always understand that and it's not what we thought. I'm gonna end on this. I'm gonna hurry. Go. Oh, they're tired of standing there. No, they're not. The young people. But what if David wouldn't have listened? He stood in front of that giant like he, he held his battle armor on. And God like, I ain't what I told you to do. I mean, what would happen if the church of 2022 started back inquiring of the Lord again? God, who shall let my children hang out with? God, what should I allow my children to watch? I got one for you. God, should I take them earbuds out of their ear and listen to what they're really listening to? Am I preaching right? Are y'all okay? Huh? I mean, she, I mean, my daughter don't like it when I invade her privacy or her, 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 her social space, but I might need to. Should I get online and see who it is she's communicating with? God. Let me help you right now what God is going to say. Yes! Yeah, but no, we can't do that. So we don't listen. There's a way that seems right in the man, but in the there, all the destruction. What if David wouldn't have listened? He'd have stood before that giant, and he'd have made a mockery out of him. He'd have slapped him and all their armor around like a doll. We wouldn't even be teaching this story today. I mean, why would God put another slaughter by the hands of Goliath that are in front of us to have? It wouldn't even happen. How about another one? How about Noah? Genesis chapter number six. Noah was a man. Can I read it? Genesis six. See, we want to listen. We want to hear. We want to hear but we don't want to do. I'm pastoring. I wouldn't dare do this next week because y'all wouldn't like me. you have my glasses? I got glasses up there. I'm not young like you are, Matt. I need a lot like to see what I read. Would you hand me that water? Because I'm I thirst. I thirst. Thank you, sir. Thank you, brother. I can't see and I thirst. There's a sermon in it somewhere. We're going to have... We're coming to later. I'm trying to tell you about Noah so I can let y'all go home. What time is it? Oh. This is the genealogy of Noah. I just, I just want to go over this because I have to. This is really my assignment. Noah was a just man. He was perfect in his generation and he walked with God real quick, real quick Noah was a man that obviously heard from God and he obeyed God how do you know? I'm going to read from Genesis 6, verse 7 because, chapter 7, because God told him build a boat Anyway, he told him? well that'd be no big deal for us, Damn, okay let's go build a boat I don't want no boats I'm going give you instructions and he started building something, he didn't know what it was Honey, you know you listen to God. When he starts telling you to build something, you don't even know what it is. You're just doing it. God tells you to start raising your family a different way. God starts telling you, this is how I want your marriage to be. This is how I want your parenting to be. This is how I want you to start conducting yourself socially. This is how I want, this is why I want to start coming your mouth. You have no idea what you're building, but because you're obedient, you're doing it anyway. You have no idea
1: what's getting ready. You're getting ready to build. It's going to save your life, and not just your life, but the life of your children and their children's children.
0: Heard from God. He just heard from him. He said, do it. He started doing it. coming the blueprint for something. He had no idea what it was. He said, well, I, how many wants to hear from God like that? Man, i, mean, I done preached my Bible plumb out of his kiver. <laughs> it's a good sermon when I mean, look.
1: It's hot. It's
0: a hot sermon. wants to hear from God like Noah did okay that's a third I did better preaching than what you're responding how many wants to listen like Noah did that should be everybody but here's what you gotta do I'm just gonna stay on this one scripture and Noah Noah was a just man so you want to hear from God? You got to be a just man. What's just? It means lawful. Lawful to what? I'm not going. To, I'm not going to go sixty-seven down seventeen anymore when it's fifty-five now. Anyway, what are you talking about? I wish that would help. Lawful to the Word of God. He's lawful. This is what God says, and that settles it. And that's what I'm going to live my life on. Right? He was a just man. He was perfect in his generation that's number two, perfect that word perfect there means without blemish that means undefiled that means blameless having integrity how I many of that still matters because we want to be like Noah. We want to hear like Noah. We want to stand for our giants and be like David. But well, man, we've gotta we gotta be just. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta hear the word of God and, and follow the word of God, and we gotta be perfect. Wait, wait, I can't be perfect, Pastor. You lost me. I'm not perfect. God knows I'm not perfect. Neither was Noah. The Bible says he was undefiled in his generation. Now I don't know how bad it was in Noah's day. But it was bad enough that God wiped the whole crowd out except for him and his family. And I don't know how bad that was in Solomon Gomorrah, but he rained down fire and brimstone and took that joker out too. The reason why I say that, because I don't know how much worse it can get around here, there's a bunch of crazies out there. So he was, so you got to figure, it was just as crazy, if not crazier. Talking about identity crisis and, and, and defiling marriage and, 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 you know, just, you know, abortion and just... I can just I don't go through the whole gamut. But he walked through an entire generation undefiled. Didn't participate what everybody else participated in. His family didn't act like everybody else did. Even if it mean, ridicule and being called judgmental. you Got to understand, he was a just man. He listened to what God says... And therefore, your children can act and be and do just like other children act and be and do because we will not be undefiled by this generation. That's where we are, church. The reason why I'm not here from God anymore is because you can't tell the difference between the church and the lost world that we're supposed to be here to save. I'll give you a test right now. Let me go ahead. It's my been where I lost the first service. We can't even, we can't even pass the Halloween test. Did he, go, did he go there? Did he go there? He went there. That's <laughs> right.
1: That's
0: <laughs> right. You're being shriveled now, Emma. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Huh? And don't start bringing the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus in. You're, you're going to lose. You're going to lose bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. But that's just a... And the last one, Noah walked with God. He just walked with him. Though none go with me, still I will follow. What if we lose... 1.5K of our followers that we've been trying so hard with our dumb little snapshots on our social media and liking everybody else's life so we can build it up so somebody think we are. No, you know what?
1: Whether you like me or not, whether you pat me on the back or not, whether you give me an add or not, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. That right there? that right there
0: that's the kind of man that hears from God
1: amen that's the kind of person right there that God can use to build something
0: that'll save a generation how many is ready how many are ready to have zeal for God how many is ready to to start inquiring come on stand to your feet Come on, give the Lord a hand up of praise this morning. Amen.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just praise him for a minute. Come on, you zealous bunch. Come on, be zealous. He's a reward to those of us that are zealous after him.
0: I started packing up. I said, No. So, listen to this. Let's finish the story. So, Genesis 7 and 17. Now, the flood was on the earth 40 days. 40 days. How many know if the earth is covered with water? It would, let's use King James, it would behoove you to have a boat. be well with thee if a boat was in thine possession but what if you didn't hear what what if you didn't hear but Noah heard because he was a just man he was perfect in his generation well he wasn't perfect he just wouldn't be soothed and wooed and swayed into what a lost and dying world and he walked with God therefore when the rains came and the winds blew he had a boat right okay now the flood was on the earth for 40 days the waters increased and it lifted up the ark and it rose high above the earth Boy, I could preach on the rapture right now. Y'all forget about eating till about 5.30 today if I didn't. Judgment come upon the earth, The those in the ark rose above the earth. Hallelujah. Don't you love the Bible how it just pictures things? If you just would be obedient to God, <laughs> Some of you are going to get this. I'm going to go ahead and prophesy it right now, but I'm going to say it anyway. Christians are a lot like coffee makers. I'm not talking about Keurig either. they old coffee makers. Some percolate and some like to tribulate. I told you I wasn't going to get it. <laughs> you really don't get it. I'm going to have you. Christians are a lot like coffee but this is an old joke some like to percolate. You know, percolate you know what percolating is The little thing about, that's what it did nothing wrong with percolate. and some like to tribulate that means some just are bound and convinced they're going through the tribulation some like to percolate and some like to tribulate anyway this was this was like 1987 I realize y'all don't get that now but that's kind of how it was <laughs> But guess what? We can percolate, but we're not going to tribulate. Oh, here we go. Yeah, just just give us the end result, Pastor. <laughs> I got an entire generation where you know what percolating is. Now I ain't drink coffee, so <sighs> man, you know what percolating is? <laughs> huh? You do not. <laughs> you no, know, it's okay. Do you drink coffee? Yeah, Keurig. Little pods, little things. Stop! We're talking about a whole nother generation. Make our own coffee, make coffee. Make it.
1: Make. Buy.
0: Oh man let's just put that joke in here and never come back out again. They were done with that one. I will erase that. Verse 23, I'm going to let you guys go so y'all can go to Starbucks and buy your own coffee. And everybody, 40 and over, can go home and get in that little pot and make them a... And those 65 and all are going to get their percolator out are going to make them some coffee. On oh, this church. Tell me we don't have a diversity church. I'm trying to tell you about this. I promise you we're done. So now the flood was on the earth 40 days and waters increased and lifted up the ark and it rose high body above the earth. Verse 23. And so the Lord destroyed all living things which are on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping things and, creep, creeping thing, and birds of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. God's not playing. God's serious. It's time to quit playing games. Time to quit worrying which side we're on. And say, God, it's time to inquire of you. And when you answer, we're going to do what you say for us to do. We will obey. Not just for me, but for me and my family and my entire generation. Amen? Put your hands together in affirmation. You're going to do it this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Say, preacher, our needs, Jesus. Most important thing is today. You say, I don't. I don't know a whole lot, but what I do know is I'm lost and I'm without him. And I believe right now that he's searching throughout this whole room. He wants to make sure that that you know how to to inquire of him. If you don't know him, you can't inquire of him. But to know him is to inquire of him. If you need Jesus, or if you're you're just a Christian that's been doing this thing for a long time, and you allowed your feet to slip, and you decided, you know, maybe Maybe, maybe I haven't been taking this thing as seriously. Maybe I'm not as, maybe I don't have the zeal that I used to have. Don't let what you used to be was your greatest, greatest relationship with God. May your greatest relationship with God be ahead of you, not behind you. If I'm talking to you right now, I'll throw your hands up right now and say, I, need, I just need more of God. I need less of me. Hands are going to over this place. I need more of me and less of God. Somebody for the very first time, just raise your hands. Say, I just need Jesus. I just need Jesus. I just need Jesus. I want to be just in all my ways. I want to be, I want to be perfect in this generation. I just want to walk with God. I want to walk with God.
2: Thank you for joining us today. We are so glad to connect with you. If you are new to HP and want to get more involved, I invite you to text 910-501-2005. Or you can download our church app and stay up to date on everything going on around here. I also want to tell you three ways you can give today. You can give through text, text any amount to 84321. If you've never set that up, it only takes a moment. You can give right through your phone at any time. Second, you can give online through our website. Go to highestpraisechurch.com and click the giving tab. You can give right there online. Finally, you can give through mail. You can send in your gift to P.O. Box 1189, Shalot, North Carolina, 28452. And if you're looking for a way to plug in, to serve, or be a part of what's going on here at Highest Praise, join us for our next Step Class. It's the first Sunday of every month at 9 a.m. We are so glad you joined us today. God is not done with your life. If you need prayer, have any questions, you can reach us through social media or you can call our office at 910-754-4809. We love you, Highest Praise, and the best is now.